This is Jimmy Scroggins. I'm the lead pastor at Family Church in West Palm Beach, Florida. Are you tired of going to conferences, reading books, and listening to speakers who tell you how to do church when you know that you cannot do what they are recommending? You've come to the right place on our podcast. We're going to give you principles, strategies, and ideas that you can implement right now with the resources you have at your church because this is church for the rest of us. We're so glad you've joined us for another episode of the Church for the Rest of Us podcast. And I'm here with my co-host, as always, our communications director at Family Church, Leslie Bennett. And today we're going to talk to Jason Allen, who's a great friend of mine and the president of Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. And so, Leslie, we're kind of switching gears to talk about training the next generation of leaders. That's right, Jimmy. And I'm looking forward to hearing about it, hearing from you and Dr. Allen. So why don't you tell us a little bit about how you know him? Well, Dr. Allen and I have been friends. I don't know, 15 or 20 years, I guess, Jason. And we knew each other from Southern Seminary, where we both served on the president's cabinet with Dr. Albert Moeller. We were also pastors together during the same time in Louisville. He was at Carlisle Avenue Baptist Church, and I was at Highview Baptist. And you've kind of watched our families grow up in the same window of time. And so, Leslie, I'm a huge admirer of Dr. Allen's and what he's accomplished in life, and especially at Midwestern Seminary. Okay, well, let's go to our interview then with Dr. Jason Allen. All right, Jason, welcome to the program. We're glad that you're here. Why don't you talk to us a little bit about your family, a little bit about your background and your story and how God brought you to Midwestern Seminary. Hey, Jimmy, you're most kind. Uh, First of all, what you said about me already and your friendship over the years means the world to me. And kind of you to invite me on this podcast. I'm always honored to speak with pastors, always honored to speak to pastors about local church ministry. So delighted to be with you guys. Yeah, I'll make the story brief. And uh, and Jimmy, as you've already referenced, of course, we overlapped a number of years in Louisville. For me, my call to ministry began in college, really took shape in college. That led to me going to Southern Seminary in Louisville uh, to pursue the MDiv degree and then the PhD degree. And then as a part of that, that story during Louisville in December of 2005, Dr. Moeller uh, called and invited me to come serve as assistant to the president, kind of a chief of staff role then. And I accepted that in January of 06. So, so I began serving that role in January of 06. And from 06 until this conversation today, I've been involved in at least some degree in theological education and in, in training pastors and ministers for local church service. For me, though, even when I was serving in Louisville as uh, assistant to the president and vice president at Southern Seminary, I was always involved in local church ministry, pastoring, interim pastoring, serving different roles. And so for me, while I was in Louisville during those years, I always thought that I would continue to serve there because we loved it. Or if I did leave, it would be to go back into a a full-time pastoral role. And what God was doing in my life was really two parallel tracks were taking shape. One track was a growing love and appreciation for theological education, a growing vision for what I believe that should be and how it should be done. And that other track was just just this growing love, this intensifying love for local church ministry and for pastoral ministry and for preaching. And what God was doing in hindsight is those two parallel tracks began to intersect and began to intersect around a vision for theological education, uh, a vision for theological education devoted for local church service, committed to local church service. And so my vision here at Midwestern Seminary, those three words for the church, really began to take shape over a period of years in Louisville. Now, Jim, uh, uh, Jimmy, you may not recall this, but you and I had a conversation in my office at Southern Seminary 
in, uh, in spring of, of 2012. And you said to me, subject to the fact of, you know, what are you going to do with your life, Jason? And I said to you, subject to the fact of, well, I, I really think I'm going to be at Southern Seminary, but if I leave here, it would either be to, to pastor or to be president of a seminary. And you kind of laughed at me, and we kind of chuckled about it. And, and the, the backdrop of that conversation was the previous year, I'd had a couple of different Baptist colleges, Christian evangelical colleges, reach out to me about being, about the presidency of those colleges. And for me, it was clarifying because those conversations made very clear to me that, you know, it, I really thought theological education. And look, being president of a Christian college is a noble calling. I'm very glad that I have many friends who do that do that well. But it's not my calling. And if I'm going to spend my life in this type of institutional setting, it really needs to be training pastors and, and missionaries and church planters. You know, not, not as far as my calling goes, not training you know, Christian pharmacists or Christian school teachers or Christian engineers. Um, again, that's a noble calling. I'm glad people do it. And I do that in a little, to some degree, kind of indirectly here through our undergraduate program. But as far as the primary trajectory of my life, I believe, was going in the direction of a, of a theological institution. And Jason, I'm so glad that you've chosen that trajectory. And I do remember that conversation. And you and I have been friends, you know, kind of during a period of life where you're trying to figure out what are you going to do next? We were both kind of young tigers growing up in the Southern Baptist Convention and at Southern Seminary. But then we were kind of talking to each other about what the next chapter might hold. But part of, you know, the kind of the first phase of our ministry life really revolved a lot about our families. And you have a fantastic family. And I'd love for you to talk to our listeners just for a moment about Karen and the kids. Thank you. So my wife's name is Karen, as you mentioned. Uh, we've been married, it'll be 20 years this June. So we're about a month out from our 20-year anniversary. We have five children. They now are ages 16, 15, 13, 11, 10. Two girls, two boys, then a girl. Uh, when I came to Midwestern, they were ages 9 to 4. We live on the seminary campus here in the President's home. And, and look, Jimmy, we are one big, rowdy, happy family. <laughs> yes, you are. You on the household. You hear a lot of laughter, a lot of joy, a lot of silliness, frankly. And so a part of it is, I, I hope, is sufficiently spiritual and is deeply spiritual and biblically grounded, all the things that convictionally we believe. Layer over that is just a lot of joy and happiness and goofiness and things that any happy family ought to be about. So, I mean, I, I love my family. I love every stage. I don't, I don't romanticize, you know, 10 years ago, I wish they were all tiny again. I love that stage. But I love this stage, too. And uh, God has been so good every step of the way to give us a, a sweet spirit in our family. Yeah, I appreciate your spirit about that. And I love the way that you and Karen are a team and you always have been. And now you've made, if the kids have grown up, they've kind of more consciously become a part of uh, Team Allen there at Midwestern. I think that's fantastic. Hey, you mentioned that you rebuilt the seminary. You literally rebuilt Midwestern Seminary under the theme for the church. Talk a little bit more about why this theme is so important to you. Yeah, and, and Jimmy, you were kind of saying I rebuilt the seminary, and I wouldn't put it quite that way, but, but I'm grateful for what, what God has done here. The seminary before it came had been in a real season of challenge, and some of it, even historically over a period of decades, had, had been in some ways functioning subpar. Uh, theologically, in the 50s and 60s and 70s and 80s into the 90s, it had been pretty well left to Southern Baptist. And then in the mid to late 90s, Dr. Mark Coppinger came as president, did a fantastic job of, of building a conservative faculty. And then my immediate predecessor, Dr. Phil Roberts, served for 11 years, and uh, very good friends with him and with Dr. Coppinger both. And uh, they're very fine men. Uh, Dr. Roberts' presidency, there were some leadership challenges along the way. And without getting too deep into all that, it just led to, by the year 2012, 2011, 
Seminary was in a really difficult situation. Uh, reputationally, it was challenged. Uh, the campus, even though its infrastructure was in a difficult situation, financially, the seminary had been in, or in, in really for several years in financial austerity, uh, having to undertake significant measures to keep the seminary functioning. And so it was a school in need. It also was a school, I think, reputationally, that was something of a blank slate. It didn't have a well-defined vision, a well-defined, a well-defined reputation that I had to come in and, and, and build on or redirect. It was something of a tabula rasa. And so for me to come in, I was able to, to really pick up a clean slate and, and really seek to cultivate that vision of, for the church. And for me, that is so important because I think any entity, Christian or non-Christian, needs to have a reason for existence. And for me to give my life to this, I want to be able to answer the question to anyone who would ask, you know, why are we here? Why am I here? Why do we exist? And so for me, what's been particularly rewarding over seven years now is to see that vision for the church go, go from being my vision to being our vision, really to being, to being the vision. It's a perennial vision for the seminary, and our staff here believes it, our faculty believe it, and we've etched it in stone here literally in places. So one of my goals is if God were to give me you know, another 30 years of serving here, is that one day when I'm gone, it's going to be really difficult to redefine Midwestern Seminary away from that vision for the church. Well, I like the idea that you are already planning to leave a a multi-generational legacy. And one of the ways that you've transformed Midwestern, as I've watched from a different part of the country, is you've made Midwestern a resource for churches and pastors. And you've really focused on that and you've You've pointed a lot of your energy towards being that kind of a resource. Could you share with our listeners some of the ways that you've done that and some of the the resources that you've created, events you've created specifically to fulfill that vision for the church? Yeah, Jimmy. So what we've done is we've taken the vision for the church. We've sought to, to really ensconce that on the campus, okay? So that takes place in a number of ways. One, and most especially, who you hire to teach. So we only hire people who really believe that vision. Not just nod in agreement, but they're animated by it. Then that gets into kind of the water here, the, the culture here, the DNA of the institution, where people people celebrate that. They champion that. That gets into the staff hires. That gets into the resources we provide, the For the Church website. That gets into the events we host here, the For the Church National Conference. And then that really spreads out to For the Church regional events we do. So we're constantly asking ourselves, how do we best serve uh, the churches of the SBC and, and churches even beyond the SBC, kind of in our sector of conservative evangelicalism? And look, I'm always really careful when I speak in singular terms for Midwestern Seminary. I mean, we're, we're blessed the Southern Baptist to have six healthy, strong, conservative seminaries. Beyond the SBC, there are a number of other strong, conservative evangelical seminaries out there. So when I speak in singular terms about Midwestern you know, being singular, I, I try to do that in ways that are aspirational. So I would never say, for instance, we are the best seminary on the planet serving the local church. I will say we aspire to be the preeminent <laughs> seminary a careful on nuance. the planet serving the local church. <laughs> hey, I appreciate your spirit and all of that, and I appreciate your collegial approach to the whole thing because you're right, as Southern Baptists, our network is connected to all of these seminaries for very strategic and historic reasons. And uh, But I do appreciate, too, the way that each seminary has kind of carved out its own niche. And I think your events at For the Church, in fact, if I didn't live in West Palm Beach, like, you know, way, way, way far away, I would love to have our team more involved in what you're doing. Because I think the, the conferences that you put on and the events, all of these things are tremendous. And also, 
honestly very appealing and applicable to guys like me who are just doing local church ministry every single day. Yeah, and Jason, one of the things we've talked about here, because education is important to us, I think it flows from our leader, Pastor Jimmy, and so many of us are enrolled in online education. We have a church training program here, but there's still a place for residential seminary education. So what would you say is the value of actually coming and being on campus? Yeah, thank you for asking that. And I'll tell you, I, uh, I celebrate programs like you guys have. We have partnerships with about 150 different churches that are in our Midwestern training network. And, and in short, that means there's a pastor like Jimmy who's involved and intentionally seeking to, to mentor and shape next generation ministers. We provide the online education. And so there are online students here. However, that online is tailor-made to their ministry program there. And it's understood as a part of the arrangement that pastor or the appropriate you know, staff member is given actually week-to-week oversight to those men or women uh, studying with us in those local churches. But to answer your question more directly, there's a general principle that, that is this. The closer you are to my campus, the more we can invest in you as a student. If you literally live on my campus, uh, that's more than we can invest in you if you live 10 minutes away, which is more we can invest in you if you live an hour away, which is more than we can invest in you if you live 10 hours away. So those who actually are here in our orbit, Kansas City, they're not only getting you know, the, the, the content, but they're getting life-on-life mentorship by professors. They're having access to the resources on this campus, which include chapel, which include events literally by the week. There's something going on every week that's kind of a value added to theological education proper that we're providing. Uh, conferences, workshops, opportunity to have coffee with professors. Additionally, I mentioned the training network. We also have in Kansas City about 15 churches that we have strategic partnerships with at the MDiv level. We call it the Timothy Track, where, where MDiv students go through this program with us in partnership with about 15 qualifying churches in Kansas City where they're getting direct life-on-life investment by those pastors in those churches while they're getting academic credit along the way. Some of that credit is actual service they do in the churches. Much of that credit is through classes they take here. But look, I'm a big proponent of, of the totality of our offerings here. Um, man, if Jimmy, you know, being hypothetical here, if Jimmy has an associate pastor who's doing a great job there and uh, is, is really getting great great ministry service in the church, he probably ought not uproot his family and move here. He probably ought to take online classes and continue his ministry service there. But there are other people who fit a different profile. They are more portable. They don't have the type of mentorship through a Dr. Jimmy Scroggins. And it's really probably God's best of life that they do move here. And so we try to be honest and hold it with an open hand and say, look, we're not, we're not going to browbeat people to come to campus, but we are very proud of what we offer on this campus. And we do think there are distinct benefits to being here, and those distinct, distinct benefits tip, uh, tend to outweigh uh, anything they leave behind in the majority of different ministry settings and life stations that potential students are in. I'd like to just follow up on that too, Dr. Allen, because I I would say that an on-campus MDiv education is kind of like the gold standard in terms of a foundational beginning to a ministry, especially in terms of formal education. Like you just said, it's not appropriate for everyone to do that. But I would say to our listeners, I'm for everyone who can without ripping apart the fabric of their life and ministry. I'm for everyone. For instance, my, I have a son. He's a senior at Palm Beach Atlantic University. He's called the ministry. Well, we had a conversation where he said, hey, dad, what if I just stayed here? What if I did a residency program? What if I did this online? 
And I'm like, no way, man. You have no kids. You have no wife. You're going to seminary. You need to go where the bricks and the mortar and the books and the professors are because you have the opportunity to do that. On the other hand, there's some other people who don't. Is that kind of, are we on the same page there? Yeah, absolutely, Jimmy. And the only, the finer point I want to put on is this, is what you were saying. I do think every person called a ministry, there has to be some moment, some event, some day where they really did kind of burn like, the, burn the ships behind them. Like this, it's a clear sense of, man, I'm, God has called me and I'm going to go into ministry. That doesn't mean that that burning of the ships behind them has to be when they come to campus at Midwestern. It may mean when they go to pastor an hour away. But what, what, I, what I don't want online education to do is permit people never to take a step of faith. And their ministry is kind of like, man, I'm going to serve Christ as long as I can do it in my, in my, you know, from my mother's basement or in this current zip code. And they're never willing to take a step of faith that displaces them in some way. I think that's a good and a noble thing to do. You and I both did it, and, and you know, that's the right step to take. But for other people, that, that clear threshold of crossing in a ministry is going to pastor a church or going to serve in a place where, where for that particular niche, maybe it makes a lot of sense for them to be an online student because of the unique ministry offering they have. But you roll it up, and I, I, I want to support your argument and amplify it and say you roll it up, the average person considering called a ministry, figuring out their next steps, I strongly encourage them to, to actually go to seminary and let a, let a good, strong, healthy, evangelical, conservative seminary invest in them. So we know that there's six great seminaries as a part of our Southern Baptist tribe, Dr. Allen, but if you were going to sell your seminary to some of our listeners, um, what would you say are some of your unique um, selling points? Yes, it's interesting. I was asked this very question on a podcast yesterday. And uh, with the appropriate caveats, which I've already given here, I'm proud of all Southern Baptist seminaries. Uh, Jimmy is right. They, they all have their own personalities, their own strengths. I'll even say their own weaknesses. For us, I think it goes back to those three words, for the church. Um, that, that is the defining reality of this institution. And so if that mission of being trained for local church ministry resonates with you, I would say you will not do wrong by coming here. I would stack up behind that a whole host of other factors that include the strength of our faculty, which is which is just so very strong. Um, practicalities like our tuition rate, like Kansas City, which is a, a phenomenal city in which to live and minister. Uh, the campus community here, I mean, we, we have all the amenities and resources of a major national institution, but on the ground, we still are kind of like family. Professors know you. Um, you have the opportunity to be invested in in very personal ways. So, look, it, it's really a compelling institution. And look, I think the numbers speak for themselves. I mean, we, we've nearly quadrupled in size the past six years. We went from an institution of 1,100 students to uh, to this year, our, our total enrollment is pushing 4,000. And, you know, so, so there are, to, to borrow a phrase from the corporate realm, there, there are a lot of satisfied customers walking around. And uh, I'm thankful for that. Uh, I'm encouraged by that. And I want to say, in as much as churches entrust students to us, we're going to take that entrustment seriously and invest in those students and send them back to the churches better equipped for ministry. Jason, as a kind of a final question, why don't you talk to our listeners for a moment? Because somebody could be listening and they could say, look, I actually, I want to make a donation to Midwestern Seminary, or I want to get in touch uh, as a student, or I want to refer somebody there. I want to visit the campus. What would be the best pathway for them to do that? Yeah, I think the best way for all the above is, uh, is through our website, mbts.edu. That's mbts.edu. And that, that is the portal into how do I plan a campus visit, how do I make an online donation, how do I email this professor about a question I have. So 
so that that's kind of one stop shopping for all the questions. But but to be clear, I'm happy to hear from anyone here. You can email me at president at mbts.edu. President at mbts.edu that, that comes into my office here, and I uh, or staff member here will respond to you appropriately and timely, and we'll do our best to, uh, to 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 serve you as you reach out to us. And then, if someone wanted to follow you personally, the things that you're thinking about, the things that you're writing, what is the best way for them to do that? Jason Keith Allen is my Twitter handle. Jason Keith Allen. Uh, my website is jasonkallen.com. Jasonkallen.com. And uh, seek to, pr- to provide resources through those venues that are helpful people. And I'd encourage all of our listeners to follow up on everything you just said. Midwestern is a great institution of higher learning with a fantastic president who's a good friend of mine. He's a godly man. He cares deeply about the church. And I'm so grateful, Jason, for your leadership in our Southern Baptist Convention. And thank you for being with us today on the podcast at Church for the Rest of Us. You bet. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much for joining us on today's podcast. I'd love for you to follow me on Twitter at Jimmy Scroggins or check out FamilyChurchNetwork.com to chime in on our blog. We want your feedback on today's podcast. Plus, we want to know what you are doing because we want to learn from you too. Hey, until next time, this is Jimmy Scroggins and you've been listening to Church for the Rest of Us. 